This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a comics edition of the Animaniacast. You asked for it, you got it! It's the Animaniac Attack Marathon, featuring all the episodes that you voted to be your favorites of all time. 28 of the very best, including The Macadamia Nut, Potty Emergency, King Yakko, Super Strong Water Sips, Clown It Out, Yakko's World, The Otto's Butt Song, The Please Get a Life Foundation, and Three Great Wackarati. And Yakko might even sing your name, so don't miss a second. The Animaniac Attack Marathon, this July 4th weekend on Kids WB. Celebrate the 4th with a real... And welcome everybody to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode. We talk about all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we give every episode a water tower rating. And of course, we also talk about, you know, Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky the Brain, and Freakazoid. But today, we're talking about an Animaniacs comic. Ooh. And we have a very special guest. I am Joey, and joining me, socially distanced on the other side of the room, is Nathan. Sheep! <laughs> and socially distanced much further away is our other co-host, <laughs> Kelly. Hello. <laughs> and also socially distanced in the Atlanta area, of course, is our guest. She's an artist. She's an animator, a freelance animator. She's an Animaniacs superfan. It's Joanna Davidovich. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us. I, I wanted to have you be on for the longest time because I've admired your, your artwork and uh, you're just seeing you, your style over the years. And I know you're just such a huge fan. Uh, I had oh, to get you on the show. That I am. Oh, I I, pre- I feel like I finally have earned the honor of being an Animaniac super fan. Oh. Like I, I'm tickled pink. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joanna, if if you folks out there don't know about Joanna Davidovich, well, let's let's get into this. Joanna, can you please tell us about yourself? Tell us about your, I guess, what have you done as an artist? Well. Uh, I'm a freelance animation artist. I've worked on commercials and and stuff for broadcasts and some series, uh, everything from animation, storyboarding, character design, just anything that I can do to just keep drawing and get by. Um, I've done stuff for uh, on air for Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. Uh, I've done breakfast cereal spots for uh, Cocoa Puffs. I've done... Um, this weirdly popular bumpers for PBS kids with dot and dash. Like people really remember them for some reason. Uh, I did a couple shows of storyboarding on ugly Americans, which nobody remembers and Monica's gang, which is uh, Cartoon network, Latin America. So nobody here would probably know about it, but it's a pretty cute show. <laughs> and I've just done so much. I can't keep it all in my head. It's the life of a freelancer. I do a million little bitty things, but not like one big thing that everybody would know about. Um, I'm trying to think what would be the highest profile thing that I've done. And I, I just can't think of one. They're all just a million little things, but it has paid the bills for the last 15 some odd years. And I get to do stuff on my own. So I, uh, a few years back, I did a independent cartoon called monkey rag, which is still doing pretty well. And I have hopes of doing more original content just like that, like old timey fun, nonsense music cartoons um and it you know it's very much inspired by looney tunes and um tech savory and animaniacs obviously so i don't know if that makes it any clearer who i am but it is it is who i am (laughs) so let me know if i need to clarify no that's 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 fantastic or shorten that that was like a really long run-on sentence (laughs) no that was a perfect (laughs) run-on sentence uh nathan why don't you go for our next question here oh boy well i mean i can i just jump to like what i really want to know which is about the anime animaniacs kids wb promo yes i like you were featured on this promo they call you out by name as 
the nerdiest person, <laughs> the biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that, how, how, how did you possibly? Okay. Uh, yes. Let me set the stage. <laughs> it is 1990. Oh my gosh. 1998, I think. Or 1999. I can't remember. Close, it's when, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's when Kids WB was giving Animaniacs like this big kiss off. They were just kicking it off the network, but for some reason wanted to celebrate it before it went to find its new temporary home, as it turned out, on Cartoon Network. Uh, so they had this big marathon called the Animaniac Attack Marathon on the weekend, the 4th of July weekend in 1999. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 1999. And they had a promo as a part of it uh, to say, we're going to air all of the fans' favorite episodes. So send us a postcard to this address with your favorite episode. And, you know, I'm this, you know, I'm a teenager at that point, but like, oh, I've got so many favorite episodes. So I made my own postcards. I made my own like address labels with all my fan art on it. And I just kept sending postcards as I just kept thinking. <laughs> I'm like, well, I really like Hercule Yakko, but I mean, King Yakko, I mean, that's a classic. You cannot not have that. But then Taming of the Screwy and just, I, could, I just couldn't pick one. So I sent about 30 postcards, 30 or 40. <laughs> and uh, then I set my VCR to record for that weekend. And, um, oh, and the prize, uh, th as I said, if you send in your favorite episode, Yakko would sing your name in a sort of parody of Yakko's world. So it seemed like, like Josh and Katie and Alex and Amelia, you know, uh, and I just really wanted him to sing my name. So that also was inspiring me to send a lot of postcards and, I was recording that weekend and they had these cute little uh, bumpers during the marathon where they would sort of, the Warners would talk about what they just played and, and preview what was coming up. And they were previewing the please, please, please get a life foundation. And they showed the big nerd. I think he was eventually called Steven Puntner. And they, they were just talking about, they were watching the cartoon of Steven typing at his computer and they said, how many letters do you think this guy wrote kids WB? And then Yakko said, not as many as Joanna Davidovich. That's for sure. And I'm a bigger nerd than the fat guy from the please, please, please get a life foundation. Yakko said so. I think I blacked out. <laughs> and then, uh, I think it was a Sunday morning. It was either Saturday or Sunday morning. But either way, my dad was sleeping in at that at that time. And I remember tearing into his room and jumping on the bed. And he's asleep. And so he's thinking the house is on fire or something. I'm like, they said my name. They said my name. Ah! And then I just left. And he like, comes out and like, what just happened? It's like, they said my name. And he's like, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> and then later on, after he had coffee, I explained it. And he was like, well, that's pretty cool. Definitely, I've seen the the, the promo. It's kind of like almost like a like a mystery science theater mm -hmm. version of yeah. Of, <laughs> yeah of so they could save on animation. Yeah, that was great. Well, that's fantastic, uh, Kelly. Yeah. What, what question do you have for Joanna? I would like to know why do you love Animaniacs? Oh, how long do we have? <laughs> so uh, again, let me set the stage. I'm ten years old. I'm the biggest Tiny Toon fans fan of all time. I love the show. But I'd been seeing previews for this new show called Animaniacs, which looks a lot like Tiny Toons. It actually reminds me a lot of the Toon Tone episode, uh, the two-tone two -tone Tiny Toon episode, and yes. also Fields of Honey, which were some of my favorite episodes where they're talking about the old Looney Tunes characters that were forgotten. And it just looked like, wow, they made like a whole show about my favorite Tiny Toon episodes. And I still remember September 13th, 1993. I'm such a nerd. I am watching Tiny Toons. It was a rerun. I was sick, sort of sick of the reruns by then. I loved Tiny Toons, but it was like, come on, make new ones. Come on. And then right after Tiny Toons, Animaniacs came on. And it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. I, I don't know exactly how to explain it. I mean, I'd seen Looney Tunes, I'd seen Tiny Tunes, but Animaniacs was something different. It was something really special. I, I think it was just the characters were so unlike any other characters I'd ever seen before. They seemed so real. Like, they inhabited a real world. 
as cartoon characters and they're commenting on our real world. Like they don't live in um, Acme Acres. They live in Burbank. Like I could go visit them. They live in that water tower. Like yeah. when, I, when I visit Burbank and drive by the water tower, I get excited because I'm like, that's where the waters live. Because it's like this really neat concept where it's tied to reality, but it's completely off the wall, fantastical. And, um, and I guess I'd always had this love of the idea of people living side by side with cartoons. Roger Rabbit was always one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And it's, just in love with this idea that cartoons are real and they just, you know, have this different kind of existence, but they just are here with us. And I just liked, I liked how they did that in the show. And I loved this weird mythology they set up with the Warners and, and the, and the characters themselves were just so appealing. I, I think they're this perfect combination of archetypes and, they work so well as individual car and talking specifically about the Warners. Like they work as individual cartoon characters. Like they can carry cartoons by themselves mm-hmm. and then as, and paired off, they work really well together. Like Yakko and Wacko work really well together. Cause they're, they've got that, you know, wacky boy energy and dot and Wacko work well together because they're like second bananas working together to, you know, I don't know. They, they always do great stuff in the background whenever Yakko's doing a monologue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Yakko and Dot work well together because they're both a little bit sardonic. And it's like, and then as a trio, they're they're explosive. And it's it's just like this cartoon math that has never been so perfect. And I just fell in love. And I never stopped loving those characters. I, I'm just I just devour anything that they're in. Do you have and, a favorite Warner sibling? Yakko, obviously. <laughs> Why? Why is Yakko the best? Because I wanted to marry him. He was so perfect. <laughs> Joanna, I loved him did so you, there's a There's a GIF. There's like an animated GIF I saw, and it kind of circular. Uh-huh. When you go on like, you know, Giphy or whatever the, the things are, and you type in Animaniacs uh-huh. or Yakko, there's one where uh, I think it's Yakko's on there, and he kind of raises his eyebrows and then gets chased off by, by is that you? Is that is that your animation? Am I thinking somebody else? Should I should I Google it? Where I, would I? It, that I, sounds familiar. It sounds like it's from my Cartoon Crush video. Yeah, it it might be. Let me <laughs> let me see if I can find it real quick here. If I go to, oh gosh, now I'm putting put on the spot. But it's <laughs> let's, let's ask you I'm questions now. I'm typing Yakko into Giphy. Well, hang on here. Yakko. I'll just type in Yakko. <laughs> just google yakko yeah, there's a lot of yakos maybe that's the wrong thing to do but <laughs> now showing no well no but i i, I want to say i want to say it, it was a girl mm-hmm. with a cup on the head and yep, and, then, and then chasing him off or something or hugging him or something like that so yes now you have your art by the way i should point out your your i guess it's is it is it is the term your avatar or your your online kind of caricature of yourself, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's more like an avatar. Yeah, is it just you? Is that you with a big uh, cup on your head, right? Yeah, yeah. Why, I, why is that? Because because in middle school, my sister um, got me a domain name, Cup of Joe, and I was like, oh, it's so funny because <laughs> it's like a pun with my name because I go by Joe, <laughs> and I I just uh, you know stuck with it. <laughs> forever and i'll never change it because i'm lazy at this point it's a brand at this point exactly yeah. um so there's there's not really much much to do with it and also don't go on giphy and uh search for yakko girl because it's just filthy oh, oh, okay you got it <laughs> oh yes Some things you just have to learn the hard way exactly and I was like, what am I going to learn to just not Google things? Yeah. <laughs> I just have to learn to live with the mystery. I will. Yeah. And I'll say it. I'll say it again for the millionth time. Don't never Google Minerva Mink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't, <laughs> yeah. Just, don't just stay away. Just 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 watch the episode. Watch the episode. And be, happy with that. be happy with that. And don't Google <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of Minerva Mink, uh, what's your favorite Animaniac side character besides Speaking the Brain? <laughs> <laughs> Slappy, obviously. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's such a unique character. And she brings like this kind of energy you've never seen in any 
any cartoon aimed at kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was she's she's Golden Girls before <laughs> people started, you know, pretending they liked Golden Girls. All of a sudden, I think Slappy has grown in popularity, especially I know for me when I was a kid, yeah. I, I liked Slappy as a kid, but I didn't really like Slappy as much as I like Slappy now. Yeah, like, as I would put I, her like with the good feathers and like they were all like equal to uh, me no. at the time. For but. me, Slappy was head and shoulders above all the other ones. Like, oh. I like her better than Pinky in the Brain. Wow, there wow, you go. Really? See, yeah, that's mm-hmm. I always did. I think she could have definitely had her own spinoff. I would have loved. I still would love to see. You know, we always talk about like what what would love to see. I'd love to see Slappy and Skippy together now. And I think it was Tom. Was it? Tom was on. I think he said that, like, you know, Skippy's still living in her basement or something. Yeah, he's definitely a, behind the idea. He's a millennial who's kind of like in the in the basement. Won't won't get won't move Nate out. Nate Ruger still doing the yeah. voice. Yeah, Nate Ruger has <laughs> to do the voice. Fantastic. I, you know, if when they said Animaniacs reboot, that was one of the first things that popped into my head. I was like, well, obviously they have to do that. Obviously they have to do that. And so that's you know yeah. add that to the list of disappointments. <laughs> What are your thoughts on the upcoming reboot? Oh, that is such a good segue. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) Um, So the more I think about the Animaniacs reboot, the more it sort of turns into this old vaudeville routine. Do you know that's good, that's bad? They did it on Animaniacs once. I have to refresh my memory. Well, that's good. Is like... um, I know good idea, bad idea. You can... (laughs) can, they That's did it bad. in Hooray for North Hollywood, but uh, oh, it basically yes. the, mm-hmm. the pattern is like you tell a story and then the audience is like, oh, that's good. And the next line of the story is like, oh, that's bad. That's bad. Yes. The Simpsons. The Simpsons did it as well. Yeah. 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 That, that's like that's yeah. old vaudeville. That's it. It's Horrible. and it's part of why I love Animaniacs now. It was, it, it's that it was the last link to vaudevillian humor that we had in, in our culture. And I love vaudeville humor. I, it's it's so it, it's it's basically just jokes. And in comedy now, we don't have jokes anymore. Have you noticed? There's no jokes. There's cringe. There's awkward silences. There's mean spiritedness. There's nihilism. There's sarcasm. But there's no jokes. Mm. I, Family Guy has some jokes, I guess, but it's just so mean <laughs> that I, it's it's not enjoyable. But I swear to God, we don't have jokes in comedy anymore. And that's why comedy, I feel like, is just gone. It's dead. And that's why I felt so strongly about wanting the original staff of Animaniacs to come back. Because I haven't seen um, anybody have this kind of respect for humor, classic humor, the way those writers did. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of shows that are funny but they still don't have like the best example i can think of is the amazing world of gumball where it's a funny show but they're not really jokes it's like randomness it's the the humor of randomness of like it's internet humor where the internet doesn't really have jokes we have memes and we have randomness and awkwardness Mm -hmm. um but not really jokes animaniacs needs jokes so I went off on a tangent again. I'm going to just lasso this back to my original premise of this vaudeville routine. So let me set the stage. Animaniacs has been announced to have a revival, a reboot. And I'm like, oh, that's good. And they said, but it, but it's Warner Brothers. And Sam Register is in charge of Warner Brothers now. I'm like, oh, that's bad. Because their you know, um, reboot track record is not so great. And I said, oh, but Steven Spielberg is spearheading it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but Tom Ruger is nowhere in sight and was not asked to rejoin um, the reboot. Oh, that's bad. Like, but uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot and Pinky the Brain are back. Oh, that's good. But probably none of the other characters. Well, that's bad. I, I Like I said, Slappy is the, the, the one that should, she has more story. Like she and Skippy have more story. And they're the ones who obviously should be rebooted. And the fact they're not is, you know, that's really bad. And said, oh, but they're getting the the voice cast back. Oh, that's good. But none of the original writers. That's bad. Uh, They're getting uh, frame-by-frame animation. Oh, that's good. And they're also getting uh, an orchestra. And 
and and recording it like uh, doing scoring sessions like they used to. Oh, that's really good, but there's no there's no telling like what the quality of that will be. I mean, it's I'm glad they're putting the money into it because it's not, it's not cheap. But again, it's like I want something to sink my teeth into. I want like a piece of news that's so juicy and delicious. I can be like, rah, 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 this is going to be a great show. And they just <laughs> haven't given us anything like that. And they've been so close to the chest about mm-hmm. the details that they do release that it just makes me think if they had anything that they were proud of, they would have shown us. Like the Looney Tunes uh, revival that Warner Brothers is doing, they showed a whole minute long cartoon of like a proof of concept and it was fantastic dynamite dynamite dance was really really good so i'm really looking forward to looney tunes and with animaniacs it's supposed to be premiering like this year last month oh yeah i think like originally (laughs) originally okay we've heard so many different things we heard fall 2020 and then we heard after that from some people working on the show they said well actually we heard summer 2020 uh but then yeah you're 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 saying exactly what we thought joanna it's like why haven't they said anything about this why why are they holding back and and uh now of course with uh you know covid19 and everything the chances and with probably things like scoring sessions and perhaps even animation being pushed uh, off and everything into homes and and remote stuff it's possible that we gosh we could even see early 2021 on this if not late so. 2020 yeah i think it'll still be this year and any but, but delays I mean, would be to even, season two if anything yeah I think, perhaps. so even if it was delayed there should have been a trailer or teaser or yeah. something yes now. all we've gotten officially all we've gotten officially is the original press release with that one image of the warners and pinky in the brain all mm-hmm. the other things which, about which was old production art yeah yeah and um the only other thing was, um, I mean, uh, everything else, like the voice actor stuff, um, that was just with Rob Paulson's book. Uh, that was not an official release. That was just, you know, he put it, he wrote about it and he told them like, hey, this is coming out. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, like we probably it's still so wouldn't know for weird. sure. Yeah. Had it not been in the book. It is very confusing and weird. not have announced the yeah. voice actors yet. And as Yeah. To me, it makes me think that they're not settled on what they're doing. Like, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't put it past them to just that they've scrapped stuff and they're redoing stuff um, because they're not, they don't want to put something out there and have some sort of, um, you know, reaction to it, either positive or negative. Uh, well, probably. Let's be honest. It's going to be negative. It's it is twenty twenty. It's the yeah. so. <laughs> well, when Thundercats Roar put out their like initial thing, and everybody freaked out of how different it looked and how different it felt. Um, I think Warner Brothers from then was just like, whoa. Uh, okay, well, maybe we should. Well, yeah, put out with Thundercats this. Roar though. Like, what were they thinking? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a. <laughs> Sometimes that is... you. You get what you deserve. Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> well, well, we we talked on here about the Star Wars fandom too, and mm. you know how anytime you bring back something so beloved, it's can be very polarizing. And well, I, 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 I wonder if some of that scared them. Yeah, it's it's so strange now how everything isn't just an opinion. Everything like is is um like a battlefield. Like you can't just say. This design is unappealing without being cast into hell. Or if you like something, then you're just like, oh, then you're just a, an apologist for such and such. It, like, there's, it's, it's not safe to say anything strong. Like, I'm, I, I mean, you've heard me talk for however long I've been talking. I've got strong opinions about this, but I don't usually like to go on social media and, 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 say what I'm thinking about any old thing because I don't want to invite any kind of vitriol. And I know with Warner Brothers, they're probably being cautious, but you have to make a stand at some point and be Mm -hmm. proud of what you're producing. And if you're not proud of what you're producing, you're not instilling any kind of confidence in an audience that says, well, if you're not proud of what you're making, why should I spend my time watching it? Yep. 
these are all the you're, you're, it's like <laughs> it's like right right it's, on it's exact hitting every little concern that we've had joanna and 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 i hope that <laughs> i hope i mean we i i i honestly at this point um i don't foresee especially with conventions being canceled and everything we'll see if san diego yeah. comic-con is canceled that would honestly be the first place i would think that if they were going to make a big premiere of something mm-hmm. perhaps it would be san diego comic-con that would be like honestly their last big play. but really yeah. they should have had it last year in san diego Comic-Con yeah. because they're th- that's their time to promote the stuff that's and coming it was right up before within, the animaniacs uh live in concert in, in concert. san diego yeah but it yeah was just, it was just crickets Can I tell you, do you know it's really it's always been kind of heartbreaking to be a fan of animaniacs because warner brothers does not give a crap about its legacy properties and i've felt this ever since the 90s i, I mean how else do you explain space jam seriously <laughs> why did they do that and all they think is it's like this is just um these vehicles for making money and i'm ta- i'm not talking about the artists obviously i'm talking about the people in charge who hate cartoons and i don't know how they get these positions of power these people who hate cartoons they have all the power over cartoons <laughs> they they just say okay bugs money's been around for you know decades and decades people obviously you know, like this character. So what can we do to squeeze money out of him? Um, let's make him a baby. People like babies. Okay. <laughs> Bunny baby. Okay. How about this? Let's make him really jaggedy and angular and put him in space. And they'll like Bugs Bunny in space. Uh, well, you know what? Those commercials with Michael Jordan, people seem to like him. Let's turn that into a feature film. Yeah. What? And, and they do everything in their power to just like, just circumnavigate the, the 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 globe of making money around this character instead of actually letting this character be this character. I, I just realized this all like could also pertain to Yoda. Make him a baby, what? throw him into space, but it actually worked hey. for that. So yeah, that, that is perfection, and, and I love all the Yoda toys, and I am totally a sucker for all the merchandising. I know, I love I it too. I haven't me. seen The Mandalorian, but I've seen Baby Yoda, obviously, by now, and that's such a cute, cute design. Oh my oh god. god. But yeah, I was just thinking like, yeah, he goes into space too. <laughs> she goes into space. He's a baby. Oh my well, goodness. Well, you can, you can see... Uh, if, if Disney ever decides to be like Warner Brothers and, and treat Yoda the way Warner Brothers treats their legacy characters, you'll see Yoda selling, Ooh. you know, basketballs. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, once, he's, once he joins a basketball think, team, that's when we got to worry. I think there's too much respect for Yoda. And, and also, I, hope I, so. I would have to beat them up. But, um, <laughs> and Kelly may be yeah. small, but she will beat you up. Oh, if, I, when it comes I to Yoda. over Yoda. I'll fight over Yoda and I'll fight over Spielberg. <laughs> well, let's fight over Spielberg. I've lost a lot of respect for him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now, oh. this is dangerous because you're both in Atlanta. Oh. So I don't want to start a street fight yeah. in Atlanta. No, they, we, it'd be like the, the Jets and the Sharks. Yes. I will snap. Snap away at the Steven good Spielberg. feathers and the sparrows, or whatever. Well, we're trying know. to get Spielberg on the show still. So oh yeah, that's right. I think I think Spielberg <laughs> has a lot of love for animation, and I think he has a lot of respect for the characters. Anything that's going on with all this, I think, has to do with the the studio executives. What well, What I don't understand is why apparently he sold the idea of an Animaniacs reboot as doing it completely sans original crew. He sold he I think he in Rob Paulson's book he basically promoted it as the voices are coming back. Like he had pictures of Rob Paulson, Tress McNeil, and Jess Harnell saying, and these guys are gonna be on it. And I just, as no, important it, it just, as that is, I think it was kind of a I, I agree. It, it it seemed kind of like the focus definitely should have been on the voice actors, but also with the original creative team. Yeah. And they may have asked like Paul Rugg. They did. They yeah, asked Paul Rugg and but, like he declined. But yes. so there may have been other people that they may have asked. But yeah, the point is that Maybe. none of them are. Yeah. And we do know but that I Paul mean, Rugg was asked. The, yes. the fact Tom Ruger created these characters. Yeah. He created Yakko Wacko and Dot. And to not even show the courtesy of saying, hey, we're doing a reboot, but we're taking it in another direction. We just wanted to let you know. Like, he found out when everybody else found out. I, I just, mm-hmm. I, what Ruger built um, at Steven Spielberg's request, I mean, it was a tall order. 
And Tom Ruger and his team did an amazing job and an unparalleled job, not just with Animaniacs, but also with Tiny Toons and uh, just that the whole Amblin Warner Brothers collab from the from the 90s. And you think that would have earned just like a tiny nod of respect for for something that's so so dear? I I just don't understand. I don't understand. I, I agree. I um, but I I mean did. did there's 20 plus years of history between all these people. And I, I really think there must be a reason not, not necessarily a good reason, but there must be a reason why he wasn't um, involved or at least even spoken just, to. Just, just like a heads up, like, yeah, yeah. As a professional courtesy. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe someone was supposed to do it and drop the ball or, or I, I don't know. I mean, cause I, it doesn't sound like Tom Ruger and Spielberg actually had a lot of personal one-on-one interactions. So I would think it would have, you know, come from somebody or just a fax, studio. you know? Yeah. Like apparently Spielberg faxed the production every day. It just, it just sent Tom Ruger a fax. <laughs> yeah. Get that fax machine up and running again. Yeah, dust well, it off. Do it Give from the call. 405. <laughs> anyway, do it from the 405. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to get so wound up about it. Well, I know it's this something isn't, we. This isn't, I'm yeah. glad that you do because we, you know, we'd love to have you on again, especially when it gets closer. Hopefully, after a trailer or something like that, and we can all dish and and, and get really together, especially with especially with your knowledge of because the one thing we don't have really is knowledge of art and art style and and things like that. We just yeah. look at stuff and we go, oh, that looks good. Uh, mm-hmm. But until then, why don't you tell us where can people go and uh, check out your work? You can find me uh, as at Joe the Zet or Joanna Davidovich on all social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and my personal website, uh, even though it needs to be updated. You can check it out at uh, cupajo.net, C-U-P-O-J-O.net. Fantastic. Cup-o-jo. Oh, and of course, she has a lot of great stuff on Tee Public. In, uh, as well, which you should. I mean, I'm sure that's all. It's also some yeah. YouTube videos too. Yeah, yeah. I need. I need to start pushing my merch. <laughs> yes. Well, we have I some of it on our T Public store, uh, the tpublic.animaniacast.com. We have a few of your designs up there that are fantastic. So. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, let's go ahead and get into our next section right here. We're going to talk about an Animaniacs comic book. Here we go. Shut up. That's John Mariano. He's the voice of Bobby from The Good Feathers. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. <sighs> oh. <sighs> Will you untie me now? Shh, call it. I'm listening to the program. So, we're going to talk about Animaniacs issue number 19 today. And... Issue number 19 of Animaniacs came out in November of 1996. And where can you find this? Well, you can find it, of course, probably in some used comic book stores or online. Actually, I saw it. This was one of the most expensive comic books on eBay that I saw when it came to Animaniacs. Uh, The cover by Mirror and Kim, which we'll talk about in just a few moments, is actually available on eBay for fifteen hundred dollars, so you or can get best offer. What? Or best or best offer? You can get this cover, <laughs> uh, the original art for about fifteen hundred. I did see one person putting up this comic book. I don't know what the condition was, but I think they. I want to say it was for five thousand dollars. What? Now, what? yeah, exactly. I'm, on, I'm heading to eBay right after now, this. <laughs> now, with that being said, I also saw people posting it on eBay recently for like three five bucks yeah, or something that so doesn't mean people are buying it yeah exactly <laughs> and, and the reason is we'll get into it in a little bit because there's like some really co- good artists uh in this uh issue uh and so you can find it on ebay or online places or of course if you type in animaniacs comic book scan you'll find a website or so that's on there but just like we always say folks um there's a lot of pop-up ads on that website and uh they're not Kid friendly. Beware, 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 beware. Um, But Joanna, you actually have the comic book in your hands. Yes, I have it right right now. And um, I I just realized that I'm missing the second story (laughs) from my issue. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, (laughs) but I have the main story. Oh, good. I've got got 
the Y files. Well, the the second story apparently was so good that she had to rip it out. I don't know what happened when you were a kid. <laughs> so upset about it. Doesn't it's, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> rip this out. Uh, well, at any rate, uh, let's go ahead and go over the uh, the first part right here. So. Uh, let's talk about the the cover, like I was saying, oh. by Mirren Kim, and this is a crazy cover. It features the Warners with kind of like if the Warners were put into a um, an alien film, or it's uh, I guess they're kind of dressed like the the X Files people. It kind of looks like a Men in Black slash X Files slash whatever. And uh, Kelly, I know you're you're a fan of Mirren Kim's uh, work, right? Well. You- what I've seen of it, yes. This this picture. <laughs> <laughs> she does some really intense stuff. She did some um, covers for the X Files uh, comic book, and it's kind of yeah. like this border between realistic uh, slash grotesque, even uh, because this That's cover. That's a good word to describe. Yes, it it has. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of weird because you have the normal. Yako Wacko and Dot. Dot has this very realistic flower on her head, yeah. which I can I point out. Can I point out just that the Warners are traced from their model sheets. Oh, they're, they're okay. not. Yeah. Okay. It's, so, it's not original drawing. It they're just traced. So there you go. Uh, but there's like skulls on this. There's weird roach or ant insect beings on the cover. There's sheep. Uh, there's all this stuff that actually shows up, of course, in the comic book. But it's all kind of in this collage of dark, inky weirdness mm-hmm. um it's it's very what'd you guys think about the cover uh nathan what did you what do you it, think it was weird that was all <laughs> i was like is this funny it's not funny it's weird <laughs> definitely weird uh kelly what did you think well i i remember even when i got the comic back in the i guess what is it 90s um i knew instantly it was a mirror and kim cover and i honestly most of my familiarity of her came from this one um, top Star Wars Galaxy card that uh, she'd done of, of Luke. Um, and I, I it was just such a haunting image, and it, it really stayed with me. And her name got embedded in my mind. Because um, I, I have a really good talent, I guess you could say, of recognizing artistic styles. Mm. Um, so, I, like I said, I knew instantly it was, it was hers. And... Um, and I used to hang out at the comic book store a lot, so I'd, I'd see, com- you know, covers of the, the actual X-Files comics and had some of those, too, because um, some of them were written by Kevin Anderson, who wrote some of the Star Wars books that I'm a big fan of. So uh, it all kind of came full circle. Yeah, it's definitely a creepy th- thing. And even that Star Wars um, a card that you were talking about, Kelly, you showed the picture, and I I remember that shot. It's uh, Luke uh, basically in front of the burned-down homestead with sk- uh, skeletons of Aunt Peru and Uncle Owen and even a severed hand, which might be Luke's severed hand. I'm not exactly sure, but it's all kind of mixed into this weird uh, grisly collage of... And it looks like tendons are coming yeah, from it. Yeah, it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird stuff, but it's it's very interesting. Joanna, what did you think about this uh, this cover? It's very different than any other Animaniacs cover that you'll find in the comics. I think. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, is this just not the style what you're looking for with an Animaniacs thing? I don't care so much about the style. I don't like the composition. I don't like the colors. I don't like the imagery. I don't like that she traced the Warners. I hate it. <laughs> well I'm said. just curious how I mean obviously you're you're a professional and you're in the industry but how would someone like say me n- know that it was traced or would I even be able to know it was traced by looking uh, at just it? just look at the you know <clears throat> there wasn't much Animaniacs merchandise in the 90s but what little of it there was it was all taken from the Animaniacs model sheets uh, and so you'd see the the same poses repeated over and over and over oh, on everything, okay. and it's exactly the same poses. It's exactly the same. It's just, yeah, I, I have these exact drawings on like a bunch of mugs and t-shirts and crap. It's it's traced. Yeah. Okay. I always call it like the clip art or something like that. Almost. That yes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Animaniacs yeah. clip art. Yeah. And and it's like I'm not against you know stretching the limits of what. Uh, an animatics comic cover can look like. Um, 
I, I like I it, it'd be cool if to do stuff that's more horrifying and and more darker genre. It's just I don't like nothing in this makes sense to me as a composition. I just I don't like collage. I just think it looks lazy and she, like she doesn't care about Animaniacs. Yeah, um, I can see that. Like it seems I, I, like she just drew I, I a lot remember, of pretty things or like Yeah, I just remember or, also mm. picking this up when I was a kid and just being like, Ugh, God, I, I hate, like, I hate, like, and just look at Dot's hand. Dot is behind Yakko, but her hand is in front of Yakko. <laughs> yeah. And it's just little things like that that show, I don't care. This is a paycheck. Let's move on. <laughs> well, let's move on into the inside. I'm sorry. I'm, this is good stuff. Sorry. This is good stuff, Joanna. Don't. Do not I'm be sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Do not be sorry. <laughs> I'm really overtired. No. I haven't slept. Much, this is good. So Cranky now, Joanna is good. Now I feel, now I feel bad for liking it. <laughs> You're wrong. Have that fight schedule later on. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, good. We'll, we'll, we'll... I'm going to perch on Scorsese's statue. <laughs> oh, I'm going to perch on Scorsese's head. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to inside the comic right here. Let's go move on to the Y files. Um, the Y files is basically kind of an intro and outro segment of this comic book. Uh, so a little bit of it starts off right here. Uh, it was written by Dave King, uh, illustrated by Charles Adler, with the tune art being by Neil Sternecki. It was lettered by John Costanza, and it was colored by Joe Mignot. And uh, Charles Adler, uh, he was an artist on many comic titles, including Judge Dredd and the X-Files comic, and of course he also worked on a little thing called the walking dead comic uh from 2004 to 2019 so he's doing the realistic style mm. and uh and like i said neil sternecki comes and he does his little uh warners kind of mixed in so it's a really cool style it basically has Mulder and scully or uh moldy and scowly i think right yeah. moldy and scowly and they're they're investigating a an alien uh ship that has crashed and it's the Warner Tower, or at least the very tip of it, has crashed somehow in these woods. And uh, Mulder, or Moldy, goes to investigate, and the door kind of flops open on top of him, uh, knocking him out. Uh, that's essentially what happens right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, this was a, a cool little intro. What did you guys think about it? Nathan, let's start with you. It was cool art. And uh, it's funny that Wacko can't drive or something. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> it, it really goes to our theory that the Warners are Time Lords. It kind of reminded me, like, Nathan <laughs> Nathan has this th- theory. And one of these days, we're going to have oh, an episode. Sorry. I keep saying it. We're going to do it. The Warners are Time Lords, and the Water Tower is a TARDIS. Yeah. This is this is canon. There's lots of evidence for it. There's so. lots of evidence. They're going back in time. And now there's even more evidence that they're flying around and the place. It's bigger and on the inside. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, all these different things. I love this theory. It's, I love it. It's a great. It's a great theory, and it's true. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, Kelly, what did you think was uh, cool about this opening here? I thought the names were funny, um, Moldy and Scowly. Yes, were you, and you actually watched the X Files, right? Growing up. Yes. Yes. Not I. I. It was too confusing for me, and I think... No, it was fun. I mean, it, but the last season or two weren't great, but... Uh, I could never it, get it. Yeah, I could never really get it. really good at its peak. Yeah, <laughs> my husband made me watch uh, X-Files uh, after a time, and I ended up really enjoying it, but he says, we stop at, what was it, season five? And I was like, but what else? I'm just saying, no, 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 we stop. <laughs> <laughs> good, good call. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it, but it, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll get more into X Files kind of talking a little bit because this is pretty much all the entire issue is talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, Joanna, what did you think about this opening segment? I really love this opening. I think it's got a lot of really good jokes in it. Um, just like or the, the mist was coming in and it didn't do much for our search, but it made our light fl- flashlights look really cool. <laughs> just <laughs> little stuff like that. Um, and I just love the, the, the jokey, the, the jokes in the dialogue, um, juxtaposed with the really serious artwork. And I wish the whole story had been this style with just yeah. the Warners in this world. Yeah. Um, and that's part of what confused me originally. I was like, why did the story change? Like, this was great. 
why is it a different story now? <laughs> yes, exactly. It, and it does yeah. it does go into a different style right at this point, where it goes to the next page, which is sheep. It's called sheep, exclamation mark. And it's written by Dave King, but it has different illustrators, so the look completely changes. Illustrated mm-hmm. by Omar Aranda and Scott McRae. It's lettered by Teresa Davidson, or Teresa Davidson, Davidson and uh, colored once again by Joe Mignot. And And uh, Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens if you can, because this please, both, please tell us what happens. Both of these stories, oh both this of these stories are kind confusing, of confusing. I think. Yeah, the the list, the least confusing parts are the opening and closing. Mm-hmm. Then we have a Pinky in the Brain and an anime, uh, Warner segment that are very. Uh, we can think we understand what's going on, but you don't know why. And Speak I guess okay. Well, Kelly, tell us what happens here in Sheep. <laughs> okay, I guess. Uh, as I knew it was coming time for me to start talking about this, I was thinking back and I was like, there were panels in this thing. I, I didn't even know what was going on. Um, <laughs> and I I will give the caveat that I I'm, I was reading this on my phone. Um, and But I was going very slowly and reading everything. But I was like, I'm, I'm still lost. So uh, <laughs> the, um, the Warner siblings come in in their water tower. Um, so they end up going to the FBI office and, uh, becoming FBI agents, uh, because of the quote unquote accident. Yes, it's and, right. It is connected. Oh, I it fr- is connected. You didn't I, know that. I, I fr- no, I forgot that one little oh, throwaway yeah. line. I just thought that it was a totally different thing, but no, this is connected to the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot. Oh, good. So I, I, I yeah. guess I'm right. Um, yes. yeah. And then there's a panel with a, a guy in a truck and it looks like he's climbing out of the truck or falling out of the truck. I'm not clear on that. Um, it's a red pickup truck. And, uh, then they, they see tufts of of white stuff on a tree and they're like, what is this? And, um, I think it's one of the locals, uh, who says it's a, um, it's the type of tree. It's a Venus something. Venus fir tree. Yeah, Venus fir tree. tree, yeah. And, um, you know, Dan, you ever heard of a Venus fir tree or something? Wah, and, wah. So, um, <laughs> and um, somewhere in all this, they talk to a guy named Sorethroat, which, um, and he's trying to give them, I, I guess, some hints and uh, help them out with the case, which, again, I'm not clear on what the case is at this point. Um, and that's a reference to Deep Throat in the X-Files, who was a, a recurring character who, who helped them out with their, their cases. And then, um, then you find out, like, the stuff on the trees, I think, is actually the, the, from the sheep. So now we get the sheep involved. And sheep keep bouncing up and down. And they manage to track the sheep to the rubber factory. Because they're using rubber to make the sheep's bounce for some reason. Well, I think Yakko Yakko is able to do this exposition. This is about the clearest you get, is why are the sheep bouncing? And he says to this guy who works in the plant, I believe your company is a a front for a secret government agency and that you're genetically splicing rubber into the sheep DNA as part of a test to determine the benefits and military application of bouncing farm animals. So, uh, yeah, that's right. about on, the only explanation. I mean, it still doesn't really say why they're doing it, no. but I guess they're doing it just to find out what what they could do with it. Yes. I, I think it was supposed to be funny. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, None this comic's supposed funny. to be funny? Well, <laughs> I like that. Well, there is a no, line. There, there, there was one funny. No, <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Yes. There was one funny point point where because uh, they when they're out on the street, they asked this kid you know have you have you seen anything funny he's like in this comic no and I was like, oh that kid is all of us right he's the funniest <laughs> person in this comic <laughs> that that was it yes so that's that yeah that's all that's all i got out of it but there's a big reveal you forgot the big reveal at the end the very uh, end at the yeah. very end they after they uh, determine uh, that what this company may or may not be doing with these bouncing sheep the the coughing man, or instead of the smoking man, or deep throat, or, or the, yeah. whatever. Uh, oh. Go ahead, Kelly. No, I don't remember. You don't remember. <laughs> Nathan, tell us what happens. All right, so uh, they're talking like, oh, 
uh, looks like our plans are foiled. So this is the cop and deep uh, the coffer or whatever his name is. Yeah. They're, they're both all, coughing. They're both coughing. There's the whole a lot time. of coughing going. So anyways, they they're like uh, and then they start ripping off their skin and they're giant ants. And yeah. Oh, this yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, there was I, a hint I to I this. I missed the transition, but I remember that panel. Yeah. The ants. I was like, what is going on with this? And so then they were going, so they were basically saying that the sheep were all guinea pigs or something mm-hmm. to help, because uh, eventually they're going to come and they're going to eat all the humans' brains. Yeah, and all the, and then they're all their people can come over and take over earth yeah and that's and that's where it ends it It just just got weird and you could see the uh the the coughing man and the the detective were both trying not to help the warners the whole time even though they seemed like they were trying to help them so oh i I catch that oh so yeah if you like like the the smoking guy you know i don't know the coughing guy um he he's saying you know don't go there it's too dangerous it, you know, you're gonna. It's trouble, and this is just the tip tip of the ant hill. He says, which oh. and he they're ants, and then the uh, the cops like, oh, I don't know anything suspicious. I don't know. There's nothing's happening behind him. There's like uh, crop circles and things like that. And, and that's why a woman saying, a woman gets abducted by aliens behind yeah, them when they're like, not looking. He never seems to care about any of it. So, so this is kind of. I mean, the and there's also there's a lot of references to a lot of different things in this. Um, this comic as well. I mean, they bring out the Friends uh, crowd. They talk about Baywatch. Uh, at one point... Pinky and the Brain's in it. Pinky and the Brain are in it, which is a good cross... There's actually a really clever thing that happens in this comic. The Pinky and the Brain are in the background in one frame, and it's just like, oh, they're in there. But it actually crosses over with the next story, which I thought was a good back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a constant timeline going on on this this is a very i can't imagine i can't even imagine how confusing this must be to somebody listening to us right now right because it's a very complicated weird story with no clear explanation of motivation or anything like that of what's going on exactly and i kind of feel like it was to it was uh, meant to be that way because just how the x-files was always simply at least i always got it from my point of view was it there was always conspiracies and you never really knew the whole truth of yeah. what was going on in every story. Even what Boulder found out, yeah. it turned out it was only like what they Little wanted him to know. Yeah. It was always the, their way of basically saying, come back next week for the, some <laughs> more answers <laughs> and some more questions. So it really kind of felt like at the climax of the story, nothing really got solved because you weren't meant to get anything solved. But at the same time, it doesn't make a good story, especially for a one-off like this. Yeah, um, yeah. I just don't think it was very cleverly done. There's some. There's still some good gags in here, like the kid saying, "Like this is comic stupid." In the comic, <laughs> is pretty funny. Yes. But o- overall, this this felt like it was written by someone who didn't like sort of get into the assignment because th- this has this idea has a lot of potential. Mm. Like. X Files. It's there's just so much to make fun of, and they have a couple little lines that are really really cool. Like um, like Yakko at one point says, "Not every FBI agent is lucky enough to have his siblings abducted by aliens." Which, after having seen the X Files, that made me laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so if it was more stuff like that, like a little more, um, I don't know. I, I keep going back to the, like. I can tell when somebody is doing something that they don't care about because I do that a lot now. <laughs> Where I'm just like, just get it done. I don't have time. Just get it done. So I just this comic felt a lot like, oh, just get it done. Yeah. One thing that was also confusing was when the cast of Friends came out, which kind of looked on model, some of them more than others. The girls just kind of like, just draw some sexy girls. I don't know. They have yeah, looked nothing. Well, yeah. Looking... Monica looks somewhat like Monica and yeah. she has short but hair. The main problem I had was, was uh, <laughs> yeah. dot saying, hello doctor like that. Yeah. I didn't like that. I, I was, didn't like that at all. I was like, she says, hello nurse. Yeah. To men. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I, but nurse, men nurses can, be... can nurses, men can be nurses too. Yeah. Um, hello. No. Hello nurse. Well, For me, I thought she was making sort of a deep cut reference to Joey's, character to, to Matt LeBlanc's oh, character Joe friends who was playing a doctor on a soap opera and maybe that was it but it didn't even is she even talking to Joey at that point I think so is yeah she, she's talking to oh no is it Chandler she was talking Chandler. to Chandler see and that's the thing no. that's and the joke doesn't work out because of that because I'm just like I can't even tell who she's which character she's talking to I can see Ross right. yeah Ross is the like, only Ross one there 
I have no idea what Ross is sitting next to. Like, what is that? The one between Phoebe and Ross? Is yeah. that supposed to be Chandler? I think that was supposed to be I would, Joey, I thought. I don't Chandler know. Was, I don't know. It's just a thing. That's not a human face. <laughs> but it didn't work out. But then it goes. <laughs> Jokes didn't work. Should have said hello, nurse. And... Should have said hello, nurse. And she should have. Yeah. And even if the writer was thinking, oh, this is a reference to Joey being a doctor, playing a doctor on this, that's too deep of a reference to mm-hmm. be funny. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Uh, let's move on to our next little story right here. This is called Little Green Mice. Little Green Mice was written by Dave King. The art was by Walter Carzone. The ink was Scott McRae. Letters were John Costanza, and colors were Demetrius Basukos. Basukos, whatever. Yeah. But Nathan, tell us what happens here in Little Green Men. All right. Mice. <laughs> um, well, we start off uh, in a cabin in the woods, and the man is sleeping. Now, uh, we should point out that they give little timestamps uh, across this whole comic. Yes. So you could, like, go back. This is... Starts off before the Warner's one, and then it goes through the Warner's one. So you can cut back and forth. But this guy's sleeping. He hears some noises. His fridge is wide open, and the cheese starts flying out and goes through the ceiling. So that's how that starts. I don't know what's going on. Uh, We cut to uh, the Acme Lab with uh, Pinky and the Brain. And uh, they're hearing about this cheese incident on the news. Um, And Brain starts thinking, hey... I bet these are aliens, and they're trying to get uh, my attention because clearly I'm not just a lab created mouse. Um, I'm that didn't doesn't make any sense. I'm clearly uh, must be an alien of some sort because that makes much more sense. Uh, see, turns out Brain is insane, and Pinky is the genius. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in the background, we can see uh, that Scully, uh, Scully, and Mulder, Moldy, are Moldy missing. And there's a there's a little newspaper, so there's a little, it kind of so connects with the original. Showing, first part. And then, so they decide to dress up as Scully and Moldy. Um, so they're going to take on their identity, and they get on a bus, which is where you see them in the first uh, comic. They're on a bus, and they yes. get on a bus in this. Um, and you can see in the background, there's some suspicious men wearing trench coats, and you'll see them throughout this comic. If you're, if you're, uh, so there's a bald guy and a guy with a uh, gray, gray in his hair. So keep yes. that in mind. So uh, <laughs> they're driving, and they're, you know, Pinky's annoying brain. That's kind of weird. And they get to the house, um, and uh, so they're they're investigating. They find a weird. Uh, piece of paper which doesn't make any sense but it says top secret memo to all field agents from deputy uh director skinny keep subject codename acme away from bronxton so if anyone finds out what this means let me know but uh (laughs) so they're and they notice that the uh the tops of the trees around the house are all burnt and they're like oh um but that means the mothership must have been there but that doesn't tell us where they are now. And then someone falls out of a tree and he, Hey, it's a bald guy in a trench coat that was on the bus. That's kind of cool. Uh, and he runs away and they start to chase after him, but they lose him. And instead they find Elvis. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, Elvis makes a cameo just saying, kind of doing like the space probe joke of, Hey, just leave me alone. Kind of joke. Right? Um, right? But then they decide that uh, they need to go to Wisconsin because that's where cheese is from. So they uh, hitch a ride with a guy with uh, gray in his hair that was also on the bus. But he turns out he's not going to Wisconsin. He's going to Nebraska. So they jump out and there's this really ugly scene of them getting run over by a car. (laughs) They get to, finally, the, the cheese factory. And wouldn't you know it, the lights come on and they run out because the mothership is right outside they they just know it, uh, but it's going away. So they start ripping off their clothes, but and uh, the mothership's just gone, and they they blame it on the clothes that they're wearing. And then it turns out it's just helicopters. But Pinky and the Brain don't know this. It was the secret agents, it's the secret agents that've been following them. And they say uh, another night, another coop uh, averted, coup. And another coup averted, <laughs> a coop averted. Uh, <laughs> and apparently this is um just some sort of extortion that they're trying to... I'm not exactly sure. Okay, well, anyway. And then they get to the back to the lab, and Pinky has uh, the power to uh, make cheese float with his mind. Brain doesn't notice. And that's the end of that segment. So there you go. 
There we go. It made absolutely zero sense. So nothing happened. Basically, Brain thinks that he's an alien. They tries to explain. They never explain why Cheese is going missing. They never explain what the agents are doing. I think it was Pinky because Pinky can control Cheese with his mind. At the very end, he can make Cheese float so with his brain. It was probably Pinky did it while he was asleep. I guess. Or the. But again, this government. again this this uh, this other issue raises a lot of questions. Not a lot of jokes. <laughs> and, um. Is just confusing. Um, what did you guys think about this this comic, uh, Kelly? What did you think? I mostly skimmed it. <laughs> and Joanna, did, no, this is is this all ripped out of your comic? Did you even were you able to read this one? Yeah, it's, I wasn't <laughs> able to read that one. It was not in my comic. Well, you didn't miss. Yeah, not much, yeah. not much. But uh, I, I had a perfect retelling of it, so you got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Couldn't be more clear. Uh, I, I tried to pay attention. I, I'm it's, it's about as confusing as it sounded. Uh, well, it all wraps up. We get right back to the, the original style, the realistic style with Mulder and Scully. And Mulder is waking up, or Moldy is waking up. And uh, Scully just kind of says, oh, you just, uh, you know, I just found you. And he goes, oh, no, it was aliens. It was aliens. Don't you understand? I just encountered some extraterrestrials. And she says, oh, no, if you're going to start up with Cher as an alien stuff again, I'm going home. And so Scully basically says, I knew I should have just gone up for that part in Baywatch. And, uh, you know, Scully or whatever is saying, oh, the truth is out there. I'm going to look for it. And then it goes to uh, England, Lancaster, England. We're saying somebody saying, oh, in shadows, you you almost got us this time, Moldy. And then it goes all the way over to the Warner Brothers offices in Burbank with people in a writing room saying, that writer in England still thinks he's pulling the strings around here. That's okay. It's what we editors want him to think, right? We may have wrapped up this story, but there'll be plenty more where that came from. Ha ha ha. And... Yeah, so if you thought it could be a little more wrapped up or, uh, you know, less confusing at the end, you were wrong. It was jumping around the place, too, at the end. Yeah. It, so what I don't get is how long was Mulder Moldy uh, unconscious for? Because, like, it just stood he, in there for days. I know. It, the, the, mag- the paper comes out the at news least paper, a day later. Yeah, the news, the news was all that he's missing. But he yeah. was just unconscious, like, 100 for feet away from her. An so, hour? Yeah, exactly. Whatever. They're both missing, too. So. Well, that's why she stopped and she reported it. <laughs> we're missing. We're lost. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it was, it was like, was it a dream? Was it all a dream? It was all a dream. This, I wish this comic was a dream. Well, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go to our water tower rating. What do, you, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many would you give this comic book? Nathan, let's start with you. Uh, I'll say four. Four? I've seen oh, some really what? bad comics, and I thought this one had at least a, an idea for the whole thing, which uh, I was proud of. Uh, that it was I tied to, together. It was all tied Nathan's together. Nathan's very into tying things I like, together. I like that it had themes. the overall vision even if it wasn't successful in that vision, <laughs> Still I appreciate it. And I've, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I, comics, they're not really good usually. So this <laughs> is also not very good, All but right. better than some of the other ones, I think. Kelly, what about you? Um, two and a half. Two and a half. And a half. The half comes from it being tied together, and also I only really read half of it. It's so. <laughs> a good half. Um, which is why I wanted to discuss the first part, because <laughs> um, the first part broke my brain. Um, yeah, I I didn't like it. All right, I- really much at all. But I mean, I'm I'm not so mean that I'm going to give it a one, and and I, I haven't read much of the comic, so I'm I'm sure one of these days there might be a one. One worthy of a one, but all right. Well, I'm going to give it a two because it was decent, but it wasn't great. I did like how it was connected, but it wasn't great, and there wasn't much funny stuff. But Joanna, let's get last but not least. Let's get to you. What did you think about today's comic? How many I will split the difference and give it a three. 
All right. Uh, because I think it's a really good concept that just seemed really rushed. That they, um, they was like, oh, let's make like an X Files episode. It was just like all these little loose plot threads, and we'll make fun of the show, and then we'll make reference to other things, and it just like, but it had to be thought out and tied together more elegantly. And also, you're right, it needed more jokes because the one or two jokes that are in it are good. Like I, I like. Uh, like that other one where Dot is examining the thing in the microscope. She's like, I noticed that it's spliced together with something that I don't recognize. And and, and somebody's like, wow, Dot's really smart. She's like, nah, it's just to advance the plot. She'll forget it by next issue. You know, mm-hmm, just yeah. stuff like that was really funny. And But it also, since there was a lot of jokes like that, it really, it, it was kind of a funny joke, but it was one of those lazy kind of jokes where you're just hanging a lantern on how little the writer cares about what they're doing. Um, but it's still, it's a good concept. And I think if the, you know, if they, you know, pulled together and, you know, let's make the, like the best X-Files Animaniacs parody ever and just really bash our brains to make this perfect, uh, that it would have, I can't, I don't, again, it's one of the, it's like a little throwaway comic. I don't, I don't blame them for just pooping it out. I, I might do the same thing. I just, I wish they'd give it a little more attention because it's a really good idea. Yeah. That's a really long answer. I'm sorry. Edit it. Edit it. <laughs> no, no. It's all good. Three. Three. Done. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you? Uh, Twitter, Joey, uh, Django FT. That's me. All right. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y O D A P R N C S S. Or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. And Joanna, tell us once again, where can people find you? I'm at JoeTheZet on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Joanna Davidovich on YouTube. All right. And Joanna, once again, thank you so much for being on the show with us. It really was a treat. Uh, we really appreciate it, and we'd love to have you on again someday. Oh, anytime. I, I, I really have so much to talk about when it comes to Animaniacs. Oh, we appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, and as for the Animaniacast, if you folks that want to get in contact with us, you can go to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Uh, of course, you could always email us, Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. You could head over to Animaniacast.com and see all of our archived shows over at RetroZap.com. And hey, speaking of RetroZap.com, you should head over there. Uh, check out some awesome articles and podcasts and everything like that. RetroZap.com is a place to go for everything of your pop culture needs, whether it's podcasts like Bruise and Blasters or whatever. My mom's in the other room and she's starting to get loud right now, so I got to wrap things up. <laughs> uh, and you could also go to our Discord channel, discord.animaniacast.com. We'll invite you into the RetroZap group. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So, for Nathan, Kelly, and Joanna, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. I'm a bigger nerd than the fat guy from the Please, Please, Please Get a Life Foundation. Yakko said so.